All right, so I was looking for new insurance, and a buddy of mine told me about Branch. Branch makes bundling your home and auto super easy, like as little as 30 seconds easy. I didn't believe it at first either. Then I went to OurBranch.com. Just two questions, name and address, and within seconds, I was covered. Branch saved me time and a lot of money. Now that you're in the know, make the switch to Branch. Go to OurBranch.com now. That's O-U-R, Branch.com. Branch. Start saving in seconds. This is Mac with Adoration on the Win Christian Speak Talk radio network. Before the commercials, before the theme music, there's some things that I really need to say to you, my beloved audience. We have been on this adoration journey since 2016. And I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed every single moment that we've had each and every month. I need to give a shout out to the leadership of When Christians Speak Talk Radio in the persons of Reverend Ray Rose and also Reverend Pat Randall. They have nurtured me and they have worked with me and encouraged me all through the years and never once ever monitored the subject matter on this broadcast. This has given me a freedom like I've never had before in ministry and I owe both of them along with my other colleagues on the network for all the encouragement and all of the support that we give one to another. This evening's message is titled Surface Issues. And the intent of this message is to really call out all those that proclaim the name of Jesus, particularly the leaders of our churches, our pastors, our bishops, our evangelists, our teachers. We must be bold and honest before the world and before our God to share the truth, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the criticisms are, no matter what the shade that might be thrown our way. Because ministry is not a popularity contest. Ministry is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and Him only. The world is crying out for the truth because right now the truth is masquerading in so many different ways that are anti-Christ and we have to be bold enough, beloved leaders, to stand in the gap for Christ, to declare the acceptable and perfect year of our Lord. So as you listen to the words tonight, Understand that they are coming from a place of conviction in my heart that those that proclaim that they are leaders of the faith, of the way, would be honest before mankind and step out on faith and tell the truth and shame the devil. And let us expose those who are dressed in sheep clothing, yet they're wolves inside, polluting the gospel and parading themselves as prophets and as apostles. Please, Adoration family, pray for every person that steps to the microphone on the When Christians Speak Talk radio network 
and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let us boldly take the gospel to areas of the world that man has never touched. May God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. Amen. Broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. When Christians speak talk radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. When Christians Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. So all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page. The love of Jesus has changed my life. I've seen His beauty and heard His word. Now I worship at the feet of Christ who redeemed me with peace.
there is a heavy weight that's been on my heart and it goes to certain things that have happened recently you know the big news out here is with um, killings mass shootings related to um, you know just <laughs> innocent people being killed for absolutely no reason and we're all aware that there's one instance in Texas Uvalde is the place in Texas that I'm going to be referencing for the most part but to be honest with you when Myra and I are in the United States we're only a few blocks from a very, very bad situation. We, we can literally walk into it where there's just as many shootings. It may not be all in one, in one session, but people are being murdered all the time. And there is uh, the atmosphere of wanting to address these things via gun control laws and all kind of things that man wants to put before us. I actually uh, titled this Surface Issues because quite frankly, beloved, the only thing that we really want to deal with is surface issues. So whether you're dealing with uh, mass shootings, whether you're dealing with uh, critical race theory, whether you're dealing with uh, this uh, movement here recently with uh, abortion laws, we, we are always looking at the symptoms and, and complaining about the symptoms and no one addresses the cure. And you know where I'm going because this is a Christian broadcast and there is only one cure to everything. And we know that that cure is Christ. And so while politicians and social workers and uh, activists are going back and forth debating and, uh, you know, and Susan, I'm glad you chimed in because you're going right where I'm at. It is literally a condition of the heart. Here's the problem, Susan, and anyone else who's listening right now. The problem is, is that who is addressing the heart? I can tell you that I have been in many places of worship, because I'm not expecting this from the world, because the world deals with symptoms and they like to complain about symptoms and they don't really care about cures. But we of the faith are always understanding that there is a cure. And we also know that everything um, materializes or manifests itself, as Susan has said, based upon the condition of one's heart. And so um, I'm going to use Uvalde as my kind of my roadmap, but then we're going to bring some scriptures into this so that 
everything is clear before I wrap up, and I'm hoping to wrap up in the next 20 minutes to 25 minutes. So, again, we're dealing with surface issues, and, and I, I, I'll just say this right now. You can have all the laws in the world. We, we are a country that has laws, laws that were actually inspired by God. You, you've heard me say it a million times, Bill of Rights, U.S. Constitution, Declaration of Independence. For those who are wary of those uh, uh, laws and principles because of the men who wrote them, well, let me put you at ease. If you're going to look at it from that perspective, there's nothing that man can write that could ever be right because we are all flawed. So let's stop looking at who's writing and let's start looking at what has been written and how it actually is married to the Bible in that these men who constituted all of these words, understood that they were flawed men, and they actually created a system of government that if we were to operate in the truest sense of the law, that we would have actually much less government and we would have more uh, participation from people, the community, and actually things would be a lot more harmonious. And some of the things that we are dealing with right now from hate groups and from, uh, you know, other factions that are put in place, it seems, in order to destroy morality, that could all be nipped in the bud if we would follow the principles of the laws of this country, but more so the law and the grace of that law, which is written in the Holy Bible. So I kind of categorize some things. And um, if I look over to, the, to my left, it's because I'm looking at my notes a little bit, because I want to really get it right this time. So if we're talking about a condition of the heart, then we have to really get to the root of what that condition is. And I want to start, again, I'm using Uvalde as my example. So exactly what happened. So here it is. 18-year-old suspect was a student at Uvalde High School in Uvalde, Texas. And it has been reported that the alleged shooter, at that point alleged, we know who the shooter is now, uh, has showed warning signs. And these included posting images of weapons on social media. It has also been reported that uh, an AR-15 assault weapon was used in the massacre. This is the same kind of military-style weapon that was used at the tragic shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Then it says the alleged shooter, because we know who the shooter is now, uh, was shot and killed by police. Um, police officers at the scene and is believed to have acted alone, according to the chief of police of Uvalde. Okay, so that's just what happened. Now, let's talk about who was affected by this. So that goes into the victims. So the victims, 19 children, 
between the ages of 10 and 11 were shot and killed. Two teachers were also murdered. Their names are Eva uh, Morales and Irma Garcia. Uh, the grandmother of the shooter at that time of this writing was in critical condition and was hospitalized and she is believed to be the first victim. So again, we're just setting the atmosphere for what I'm getting ready to share in the word of God. Here's the key guys, and this is where I'm going to start making my points. The shooter and the condition of the heart of the shooter. So the shooter, Salvador Ramos. And Ramos was a student at Uvalde High School and lived in the small city 80 miles west of San Antonio. The teen had hinted on social media that an attack could be coming. Then uh, it also says, then on the morning of the attacks, Ramos sent a direct message to an individual on a Facebook platform reading, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. So we're starting to see that there's confusion and there's premeditation going on here. So let me continue. Ramos legally purchased two AR-15 uh, style rifles for his 18th birthday, one of which he used during the shooting. Just so happened, and I know this, I'm not gonna state this uh, um, from what I'm actually reading from, but I know this, that he actually, about a year ago, when he was 17, tried to get his sister to make the purchase of these rifles for him. And she just simply refused. Okay, next point. Ramos had a history of violence and loved abusing animals, according to one of his classmates at that same Uvalde High School. And Ramos had also allegedly threatened women with sexual violence. And last but still important, Ramos had a strained relationship with his father and mother. I just wanted to put the facts out there because scripture, God, deals with every last one of these things. And this is where it's important, guys. Our social media platforms our agencies where we get our news, they will never ever reflect on that condition of the heart. They will never reflect on the issues that go beyond the surface, okay? Everything is about surface. If somebody uh, looks like they've done wrong to somebody else, we just address it on the surface. And surface means that we just get angry and we do things uh, out of anger without taking a moment to pause and really consider God and everything. And so everything that we're talking about here is with the consideration that God has to be included. So I'm going to give you this one for free. 
if you really want to know how to mend the situations that are going on in our world, whether we're talking about mass shootings or can we just be honest? Let, let me tell you something. We keep talking about mass shootings, but there are more deaths by abortion than any mass shooting on earth. And yet we don't seem to be concerned about that because we say, oh, it's a woman, it's a woman's body, so a woman can do whatever she wants to do with her body. Except by God's standards, we don't own these bodies. He does. And so we have no right to defile the body. And, and that's the whole problem. We have projected ourselves to be like many gods. And so I'm just going to live in my own little universe where I have control of my body. Like what I do to, uh, to uh, uh, demoralize my body wouldn't affect my wife or my children. What I do to my body doesn't have an effect on me and it doesn't hurt society because I'm doing it to myself. But the devil is a liar. Because you know what? It affects everything. Because let me tell you something. This Salvador Ramos is having issues. He was having issues within his family. There is documented proof that he was having uh, difficulties with his parents. And he was living with his grandmother at the time of this mass shooting. And it just shows the depravity of the heart that if he could have had a father or could have had a mother who would have nurtured him and would have been able to give him what he needed on a moral, spiritual, psychological, and physical level, then maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't have 21 dead today. And yet, we keep looking at Gun control laws. Well, the last time that I looked, no assault rifle is shooting itself. It all is in the uh, hand and the heart of the one who pulls the trigger. Why don't we deal with that for a change? Repentance, because repentance forces you to look at your own situation to realize you are outside the will of God. And so if your heart is telling you to go and blow up 21 people or your heart is telling you that you need to commit suicide or if your heart is telling you that you need to be an alcoholic or a drug addict or a criminal, then that is your heart. And your heart is not in line with God. And I find it interesting that in a society now, where there are more single-parent households or no-parent households, that all of this stuff has just blown up and everyone has gone buck wild, and we're talking about surface issues. <laughs> Let me read this in the book of Genesis, because again, God deals with everything. And so if you want to look for the answers in the first place that you uh, look to is not the Bible, well, therein lies the problem. So listen to this. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. It says, When men began to multiply on the face 
of the land, and the daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of man uh, were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, his days shall be 120 years. So right there, you can see that because of sin nature, God began to put limitations on life as we know it. Then, in verse 4, the Nephilim, and if you don't know what Nephilim is, it's a big word, but it really just equates to, at that period of time, there were giants in the land um, by, by Jewish culture and understanding. And so... The giants were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord said that the wicked, the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord, now this is the key, and the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth. And I want to stop right there because in the King James, it actually said the Lord repented. And I just find that to be such an intense statement that the Lord himself repented that he even made man. Okay, and it grieved into his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And, and this is so critical because it just shows that even many times we talk about in the Old Testament, well, God was the God of law. In the New Testament, you know, through Jesus, he's the God of grace. But I'm telling you, beloved, what this is setting up right here is actually showing the grace of God. Because even God, in his sorrow that he even made man, still gave man an opportunity because he left some, along with the animal kingdom, to bring in a new situation after the flood. And I just look at our situation today, beloveds, and God is still showing that same grace, yet at the same time, you can see that he slowly but surely, he has taken his hand and his authority off of this natural world because the world has made a decision, and it did not choose him. And so the ones who are able to be saved and endure to the end are the ones like you and me who can repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, to be discipled, to understand that we have to deal with the principles of faith, Salvation, repentance, rest restoration, reconciliation, regeneration. 
Where are these words? When, when are we talking about sin and the wages of sin? Why aren't we preaching that in our churches? Why aren't we uh, dealing with this in this hour? Because you know why? Because the world wants to be their own God. And as I have learned from my wife and others, they want to dabble in sin. And in the middle of the word sin is the letter I, which means that everything about sin points to I. I am a God. I am the one who controls my destiny. I am the one who can dictate how things are going to work by just speaking it into existence. And you know what? It's all a lie from the pit of hell. And even those who consider themselves to be Christians are just simply doing things that are ungodlike. And as my friend Susan has said, it is a condition of the heart. And I'm telling you guys, we are playing around with dynamite because dynamite just takes one ignition in order to blow up and things are blowing up all around us in every facet of society. Morality has bit the dust and everything has been loosed that is evil and wicked. And we have children that are being brought up in this nonsense in public schools, being taught things that should never be taught, that defile the body and that defy God. And we sit around and we talk about, oh, I wonder how I'm going to get my bill paid. Oh, Lord, I'm leaning on you. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it like you said you would. And you know what? Jesus already fixed it. He fixed it over 2,000 years ago on Calvary when he gave up the ghost that we might live. And we're still begging, still pulling the lever like, a, like Jesus is a slot machine. And we're still asking, come on, give it to me, God. Give it to me, Jesus. Give it to me. And he has given everything that he was required to give. He gave his body, a living sacrifice. And we sit here today talking about gun control laws. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. My time is running up. So let me let me go ahead and see if I can plow through this. I, I, I told, well, I shouldn't have told Myra, calm it down, baby, calm it down, because I, I could Bye. feel like it's, because <laughs> I, I knew this was going to happen. So, since my friend Susan kind of let out the, the main part of this, let's talk about this heart, the heart of mankind. I'm going to Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 10. Everything that I'm reading from is the English Standard Version. It says, thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. And let me just stop right there because there could not be a more profound statement than that. We have put our faith in man. I've heard people say, trust the science. 
I have heard people say that, you know what, if it doesn't make sense by man's rules, then it can't possibly happen. And again, where is God in all of this? We were established here in the United States as supposedly a Christian nation. But honestly, guys, even the way that most of us entered in was the most non-Christian way on the planet. And yet God, through the laws that were written, through the Bible and through the Constitution, he blessed this land for so many years. You know, by the standards of this world, the United States, we're still babies. We're still in diapers. We're still on our mother's teeth. That's how young we are compared to the rest of the world. And yet everyone wants to come here because they can see what we obviously can't. And it's that God has had this country for so many years. And we continue to defile him, defy him, reject him, and abuse him every step of the way, and yet he still says, but I've given my only begotten son that whomsoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the God we serve. This is the God that we should be preaching about. And I don't understand why in our places of worship we're talking about things that are redundant, that don't really factor into an end-time gospel. And we should be dealing with end-time subjects because time is running out. And we need to gather as many into the flock as possible before God totally takes his hands off of everything and we get a world that will be destroyed that the new heaven and new earth would appear. I'm sorry, guys. I got really fired up here. So let me continue. I'm still in Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert. We happen to be sitting in the desert right now. <laughs> and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. If you understand anything about salt, salt creates thirst. Salt takes away moisture. If you're oversupplied in sodium, you're going to have health issues. Uh, that would be high blood pressure, y'all. Okay, anyway. Um, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart, and this is where my friend Susan, this is where we're going. The heart is deceitful above things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man 
according to his ways, according to the fruits of his deeds. What does that mean, beloved? If you are in the wilderness, if you're in the desert place, and you don't see where your cup is coming from, then that speaks more to the condition of your heart and the, the condition of your mind than it does to God. If you're in a dry and barren place, drink in the Holy Spirit of Christ that your cup shall runneth over. I believe the scripture then says, surely goodness and mercy will then follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a promise, y'all. It's a promise. It all stems and, and I'm talking about whether we're talking about Salvador Ramos, whether we're talking about other situations where we have people that have just fallen off the cliff because they did not have the proper family structure. I'm telling you guys, in Genesis, God set it up perfectly that there would be man, woman, children in that order and God has a process in place. And if you want to know about that process, all you have to really do is read Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6. And it will tell you God's order for things, not man's. Where men are talking about uh, women or men these days being birthing people or assigning genders or... What, you, what sex are you at birth? These things God has established before the foundation of the earth, and yet we keep looking at science and men to dictate how we should think and what we should believe in. Again, the devil is a liar, and we need to preach against that. I'm telling you guys, I'm not afraid of this. I don't care what kind of hate comments I get. I don't care if woke people will say that I'm a, 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 a prude and, and too conservative. This is not about politics. This is about moral, moral issues, morality by God's standards. And we are all, Myra and I are not sitting here saying that we are perfect people. But what we are saying is that we know that the perfect law of God is in the Bible. And each and every day we try to do it better than the day before. Listen to this and I'm closing. What is the biblical family structure? The family is constituted by marriage. <laughs> marriage. Man and woman, by the way. Marriage is ordained by God. Marriage must be between one man and one woman. Marriage is characterized by leaving the authority structure of one's parents and joining together to form a new authority structure. I don't, this is God's plan. That's why we have to leave father and mother and cling to our wives because this is the new dynamic. My father and mother are now gone. Her father and mother are now gone. But even when they were still on earth, they did not control the structure of our family. It was between me and Myra. 
We dictated, and now we have five children, and we are the example of what family should be in that dynamic. Let me go ahead real quick. So real quick, to uh, men and women, y'all read this, Ephesians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Husbands and wives, listen to this. Wives. Submit to your own husbands. And let's cut to the chase. Don't worry, ladies. You're not a slave to your husband. Just let's, let's work it out. Submit here means that your husband is already following after the Lord, as you both should be following after the Lord. You just submit to him as being the authority figure that God has established in the family to be the leader. You're not less than. You're not over it's just the plan that God has. So let's go ahead. Why submit to your own own husbands, not to any other husbands, your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands! Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. Listen to this, guys. Sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. The bottom line, y'all, is if you're operating in the perfect sense of marriage, it is the same way that Jesus Christ has the relationship with the church. He will die for the church in the same way that the man would die for his wife. If you understand that, ladies, you won't have any problems submitting. Lastly, well, almost lastly, <laughs> children and parents, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. And let me put it to you this way. In that order, father and mother, 
This is the first commandment with a promise from God that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And lastly, parents or fathers to their children, Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. My bottom line is I'm, I'm finishing up here is Salvador Ramos had lived under this structure that I just read. I guarantee you that we would have 21 still alive today and we would have a grandmother who would not have been shot in the face and we would be dealing with other issues. Multiply that times the other crazy people out here who have literally never been nurtured, never been discipled, never been encouraged, and they're out there and they're walking among us and you never know when they might pop off. And we need to be prayerful, y'all, because today it could be Uvalde, tomorrow it could be somewhere else in your own neighborhood and you'll be like, what happened? And I'm telling you what happened. The depravity of the heart because we, especially those who believe, dealt with surface issues and did not get to the core of the matter. You're just a few taps away from crispy, golden, and delicious. A scroll from Refreshment Bliss. A mere click stands between you and a tasty treat. Get the McDonald's app with mobile order and pay and stay connected to all your favorites. Right now, new users get app-only McDonald's deals like free 10-piece chicken McNuggets. Offer valid one time through the last day of the month for first-time app users at participating McDonald's. App download and registration required. Tired of long waits and rushed care at the ER and urgent care clinic? Next time, stay home and let Dispatch Health bring the power of the hospital to you. I call Dispatch Health. A care team of medical professionals actually come to your house. They're the same caliber of people that you would see if you were at a hospital or an urgent care. Dispatch Health can treat most non-life-threatening emergencies. They can do the x-rays, they can do stitches. Urinary tract infections, blood tests, urinalysis, ultrasound. It's almost everything that they can do at the ER. You never feel rushed. They're there for you and only you. I felt like their only patient. And it costs no more than a trip to urgent care because Dispatch Health is covered by most insurance, including Medicare. See if we serve your home at DispatchHealth.com. Dispatch Health really went above and beyond. It's wonderful to have care come to your home. House calls are back and they're better than ever. Learn more at DispatchHealth.com. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.